Coming up next, please stay tuned for It Is Written, presented by Pastor John Bradshaw. This is It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. Thanks for joining me. They are incredible things. Basically, everything that grows began as one of these, or maybe as one of these, or could be as one of these. They can be very small. They can be very large. They're as old as time itself. They show up for the first time in the Bible on the first page of the Bible. They were here before humans, before animals and birds. They were here before the sun. Genesis chapter 1 says, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Seeds. They're absolutely vital to life itself. No seeds, no crops. No crops, no harvest. No harvest, no food. No food, no life. So in each one of these little miracles is potentially life. It's not an exaggeration to say that you owe your life to them. Take them away and the human race is done. There's no lab on the planet that has figured out how to preserve life without seeds. This one grows wheat from which we derive flour, out of which we produce bread and tortillas and pasta and cookies and cakes and pies and pancakes. That's just from this. This one, corn. Of course, you could just eat corn on the cob or creamed corn or corn on a salad of some kind, but corn becomes tortillas and cornbread and popcorn and grits. I live in the South, remember. There's cornstarch. Masa, mealy meal in Africa. Now, somewhere here you might start to differentiate between corn and maize, but they're essentially the same thing. And then there's corn chips and nachos and tacos and quesadilla. And there's corn dogs and hush puppies and corn flakes and so many other breakfast cereals. And then you've got corn syrup and corn oil. And as well as feeding corn to humans and animals, as corn is a staple in animal feed, It's also fed to vehicles. This seed can end up being used to produce ethanol, ethyl alcohol, a biofuel. In many parts of the United States, you'll see signs at gas stations telling you that the fuel you're putting in your vehicle is 10% ethanol. Now, that's all from this one seed. Now, there's one more I have to show you. This one, when harvested, it can be boiled or fried You can eat it brown or white, the difference being that white rice has had the bran and the germ removed. It's incredibly versatile. It can be made into milk, noodles, pasta, bread, meaning that like corn, it's often a go-to for those who are gluten-free. It's a staple for half the population of the world. It might become nasi goreng in Indonesia, or nasi lemak in Malaysia, or pilaf in the Middle East or Europe or sushi in Japan, or bibimbap in South Korea, or jambalaya in Louisiana, or biryani in India. And if we were to discuss beans, same thing. 
They're incredibly versatile, enjoyed the world over, incredibly good for you, better than most people realize. They're inexpensive and grown from a seed. Or to make it even more interesting, the bean itself is a seed. Now, there's a lot we can learn from seeds. Jesus himself used the humble seed as an important teaching tool. In fact, in one chapter alone, Jesus taught three different parables using seeds as his teaching aid. That chapter is Matthew chapter 13. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. Jesus is at the north end of the Sea of Galilee in Capernaum or or very close to it. And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Even today, you can look up from where Jesus would have been. You can see plants or crops being grown on the hills just beyond the sea itself. You can imagine Jesus motioning towards a farmer of some kind, a man growing crops, a man sowing seeds. The seed would land in the earth, and so would begin that remarkable process of germination and growth, and then the tending of the crop and the production of the crop, and ultimately harvest and an income or food stored for the use of the family. Now, this is the parable where Jesus speaks of seed falling into different soil, and how that affected the viability of the plant. Jesus talks of seed falling by the wayside and being eaten by birds. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some of the seed landed where there were thorns, and those thorns grew up and choked the plants, and they had no future. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. And you'll notice Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This was an important lesson, one that impacted eternal life. And Jesus elected the humble seed to be his object lesson. Then later in the chapter, Jesus again talks about seeds. Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. The kingdom of heaven, the principles of heaven, the way God works in your life, the way of spiritual growth, it's like a tiny seed that grows to become a tree so large that birds build nests in its branches. A profound lesson. Now this here is a pumpkin seed. You couldn't know just by looking at it that this little thing would develop into something so incredibly productive. In the same chapter, there's another parable dealing with seeds that will absolutely impact your eternal destiny. We're going to take a look at that, and I'll speak with an expert to find out how seeds actually work. I'll be right back. Today,
today's free offer is Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus. You'll learn how to move beyond the mistakes of yesterday to experience victory today. To receive Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus, call 800-253-3000 right now. That's 800-253-3000 or visit us online at iiwoffer.com. Get this free resource now and enter into the life of victory God wants for you. 800-253-3000 or iiwoffer.com. Thanks for joining me on It Is Written. Jesus considered seeds so important that he built some of his most memorable lessons around them. So to find out something about seeds, I traveled to the Show Me State. I spoke with Weston Adams, who works with seeds at Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company just outside Mansfield, Missouri. I figured if anyone could help me with seeds, Weston was my man. So tell me how long you've been hanging around seeds. I've been growing seeds since I was a little guy. One of the things I used to do as a youngster is I'd go to the store and and pull beans off the shelf, dry beans, and I'd go plant them. I'd plant them and grow them out, and that was the greatest fun to me. So what is it about seeds that you find so fascinating? Well, seeds, seeds are a little package of life. They have a little baby plant. If you break open a bean seed, you can even see the little plant. And then they have the food that that plant needs. So when we eat beans, we're actually eating the food that it stored for the plant. That, that embryo is just sitting in there waiting, and if you plant that, it will use the food that's stored in the bean to start a new plant. That's like a little miracle, isn't it? It is. It's amazing. What happens that makes this thing come alive? Well, the conditions. The conditions trigger that plant to break dormancy. There's a little dormant plant in there, and when it's in a seed state, it's resistant to a lot of conditions. You can freeze most seeds, it doesn't hurt them. You can dry them out, it doesn't hurt them. But when they get the right conditions, they've been made that they, they spring to life at that point. And they use the food that's stored in the seed, like in a, in a bean. They, they use the food that's stored in that seed to break through the soil. Because that plant, it can't make food until it has light. So if it's buried an inch under the ground, it has to have some food to get up to the top of the ground when it can start making its own. So when I grow seeds, I'm planting 10 and I'm getting three or five or six. What's going wrong? There are so many things that can happen. You can have seed issues, but aside from seed issues, there's all kinds of environmental things. Um, It may be a water issue. If seeds don't have enough water, they're not going to germinate. They need to absorb that water in order to trigger them to break dormancy. Um, could be mold issues. Too much water. Too much water will make a seed rot in the ground. Could be temperature. When we start seeds, we start them on a heat mat to keep them at the right temperature. If you start them in a cool environment, a lot of seeds will rot. So there's so many things, so many factors that can influence that kind of thing. And that's the big difference. Sometimes you'll get seed from a packet like this and that seed will grow or maybe it won't. And when it doesn't, it's either because of what you've done as a grower or because the seed just failed. But there's one seed that always, always grows and produces in your life, and that's the Word of God. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, 
through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Peter knew what it was to need to be born again. You remember, he denied Jesus three times, but he knew that what you need to right the sinking ship of your life is the Word of God, and he likened it to a seed. Plant it in your heart, get it in your mind. But one of the challenges that many people face is they're not planting the seed of the Word of God in their lives. In fact, they're planting in their lives that which militates against the effectiveness of the Word of God, that undermines what God is trying to do in your experience. There are a lot of spiritual lessons that can be learned from seed sowing. To find out more, I sat down with Jer Gettle, the founder of Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company. So you've been selling seeds for more than a quarter of a century. Who's buying them? Definitely a, a lot of people from all different generations and cultures are growing food. We're definitely seeing a lot more minorities getting back into growing their own food. We're also seeing a, a huge trend in like the 24 to 35-year-olds. That's one of our biggest groups. Probably our two biggest groups are like that 24 to 35 and then also the like 54 to 65, that early retirement area. That and surprises that People me. just starting their homes or families or getting out on their own basically. And that's a big push. And then the second biggest group is that I'm just getting ready to retire. I've just retired and I want to grow my own food. But a lot more gardeners are starting gardening, maybe not as big a gardens as in the past, but a lot of people want some of their own food, some of their own herbs, some of their own flowers. You know, they want to have a backyard that's full of bees and butterflies and, you know, yeah, yeah. they want that kind of connection to nature. So somebody wants to plant something. Uh, it doesn't matter to me whether they have a farm or a balcony at an apartment. What can somebody do to, to, to get started or what can somebody do to, to grow their little home operation and uh, become more expensive? What would you recommend? I guess the first thing is trying different things. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I just want to grow tomatoes. They just try tomatoes. But the biggest thing is to try different things and also talk to your neighbors, talk to your family, talk to your friends that are gardening. That's the biggest help is talk to those right around you. Go talk to the older ladies at the garden club. They have, you know, a lot of times they have like 80 years of knowledge. So it's, you know, a great place to start. If you're short on space, try something in a bucket or a box or, a, you know, you can use almost anything to grow stuff in a a storage tub or a barrel or whatever, wherever you're at, if you don't have soil. But you can also look for a neighbor or a friend or a community garden. There's plenty of places where you can get a little piece of ground to grow on. So what are some of the biblical lessons that have have struck you over the years as you've worked with seeds? Yeah, and that's a good question. I mean, I think first off, you know, it's where God originally put us. I mean, he put us in a garden. Um, when you're in the garden, it just causes you to think more about your life. It takes you away from the rat race. And it makes you think about how God made that little tiny piece of dust. And you sit there and watch it transform into something. And you're like, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like, you know, it's like uh, nothing growing into, it seems like nothing. It's actually, a, you know, amazing little package growing into this big, you know, and I guess that's the same way God works with, you know, People and uh, life in general is, you know, little tiny things, you know, matter. Little tiny, you know, thoughts or uh, deeds or whatever we do. It's like these little tiny things are oftentimes the most important. So if I were to plant one of these, what would grow? A squash or a pumpkin, the same thing. But yeah, that's definitely what you would get. If I were to plant... One of these, what am I going to get? 
A hard shell gourd, a big old gourd. Not a pumpkin. No, yeah, big big old green gourd. Not a squash. No. If I were to plant this maize or corn. Not a cucumber. Wouldn't get a cucumber or anything else. Maize or corn. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Without exception. Correct. Okay, so why is that? Because you reap what you sow. That's an interesting one, isn't it? You reap what you sow. That's a biblical principle. We'll look at it further in just a moment. Thank you for remembering that It Is Written exists because of the kindness of people just like you. To support this international life-changing ministry, please call us now at 800-253-3000. You can send your tax-deductible gift to the address on your screen, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Thank you for your prayers and for your financial support. Our number again is 800-253-3000, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. There are some things you don't want to forget, and there are some things God specifically tells us to remember. At the dawn of time, The creator of the universe gifted to the human family a divine prescription for combating stress, busyness, and the pressures of daily life. A regular blessing of time spent in the heart of God. Don't miss A Day to Remember. We'll travel to the largest Ten Commandments in the world and rediscover heaven's purpose for your life. A Day to Remember. A personal God seeking a meaningful connection with His children a way forward for spiritual renewal. We'll open the Bible together and learn that God has blessings for His children that are being overlooked and neglected. Get more from God. Go deeper in your faith. A day to remember. Watch now on It Is Written TV. The Apostle Paul wrote about horticultural principles, writing to the Church of Galatia, which was located in a fertile region towards the northwest of Turkey. Paul said, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. That's Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. You reap what you sow. Put a carrot seed in the ground, sow carrot seeds, and you'll harvest carrots. You know that. Plant a pumpkin seed, harvest pumpkins. No one ever planted lima beans and got arugula. No one ever planted celery and got cabbage. You reap what you sow. So, if you're going around all day angry at the world... You're going to reap what? It's pretty simple, isn't it? But if you're sowing joy, happiness, what can you expect to echo in your life? You know it's true. If you're sowing selfishness, you're going to reap selfishness. If you sow generosity, on the other hand, you're going to reap generosity or plenty in your life. Now, this is not the power of positive thinking or name it and claim it. It's God who rules the universe, not you and me. But an unalterable law of the universe is that if you sow faith, you reap blessing. If you sow obedience, 
you reap God's favor. You reap what you sow. There's an old story I heard years ago. I don't think it's meant to be documentary. A family was moving to a new town and stopped for gas not too far from their destination. They said to the gas station attendant, we're moving to the next town over. What are the people like there? The person said, well, what were the people like where you just moved from? Wonderful, they said. Person said, well, I reckon you'll find the people where you're moving just the same. Later, a man stops in and tells the gas station attendant the same story. I'm moving to the town just north of here. What are the people like? Same question. What were they like where you've been living? Terrible, he said. I couldn't stand them. Hmm. I reckon you'll find the people where you're moving pretty much the same. You know, you reap what you sow when it comes to the way you treat others. There's all kinds of people who aren't enjoying life because for whatever reason, they're not sowing the right kind of seed. They're not investing in others or maybe even in themselves. If you're not investing in yourself, your health is going to go down the drain. It takes some effort to keep weight off, to eat better, to exercise. You are sowing when you take care of those things. You're sowing when you walk or ride a bicycle instead of driving. When you think to eat fruits and veggies and cut back on fried food. You're sowing. You're investing in yourself. You're going to reap fewer health problems. You're going to reap better health. When you go to church and get involved at church and look for ways to be of service, you are sowing. You could sit on the couch and drink soda and eat potato chips. You could aimlessly scroll through online videos, or you could go to that Bible study or that midweek service and grow spiritually. You could lie in bed or get out of bed and spend devotional time with God, reading your Bible and praying. That's sowing. Do the opposite. Okay, you get more time in bed, but go to bed a little earlier or don't waste time on social media and then you won't need that extra sleep time. That extra time in bed comes with a heavy price tag. Not feeding yourself spiritually. Not growing in your walk with God. Shriveling up instead and never becoming all you could be as a disciple of Jesus. And speaking of sowing and reaping, look at Romans 6 verses 5 and 6 with me. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Planted together in the likeness of His death. Right before this, Paul has written about baptism. Now the old you is being put to death, crucified. Same idea as baptism, which is the burial of the old, unconverted, unborn again you in a watery grave. The old you is planted, as it were, and new life springs forth from where that old you once was. This expands the idea to take on the concept of sowing your life in Christ and reaping everlasting life. Now, there's something else to watch for. Back in Matthew 13, there's another seed-based parable, the parable of the wheat and the tares, or the wheat and the weeds. In this parable, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came 
and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, this was a nasty thing to do, but it would happen in that day. You could ruin someone's crop. You could ruin somebody's livelihood that way. The man's grain sprouted and grew, and the weeds grew up among the grain. In that area at that time, there was a darnel that looked so much like wheat, you couldn't tell them apart until they'd matured. And by then, you had havoc in your field. The owner of the field said, an enemy has done this. So it's possible, it seems, for others to sow in your field, to sow negativity in your life. And of course, we know that the enemy in this story is the devil. The devil will sow doubt, unbelief, lack of faith, discouragement. You don't want to let that happen, and you don't have to. When you've made a decision that Jesus has your life, your heart, your loyalty, and if you renew that decision every day, you keep the enemy from sowing damaging seeds in your field. Sure, things will happen. This is life we're living, not a game we're playing. But in all of life's ups and downs, you can choose to trust God, to stay grounded in the Word, and to keep up your connection with God. There'll be efforts made to derail your faith. An enemy has done this. Sometimes it'll be a person having a bad day and you're bearing the brunt of that. An enemy has done this. Illness, grief, loss, disappointment. An enemy has done this. But even in the midst of that, God will give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, so that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Remember, you reap what you sow. Sow to the flesh and you reap corruption. Sow to the Spirit and of the Spirit you'll reap everlasting life. Today's free offer is Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus. You'll learn how to move beyond the mistakes of yesterday to experience victory today. To receive Victorious Living a New Life in Jesus, call 800-253-3000 right now. That's 800-253-3000 or visit us online at iiwoffer.com. Get this free resource now and enter into the life of victory God wants for you. 800-253-3000 or iiwoffer.com. Let me pray for you now. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we come to you thanking you that we might reap what we sow. We're grateful that as we sow your word in our lives and sow through prayer and worship and fellowship and service, that we can expect your presence and we can expect your blessing. Now give us grace, Lord, because far too often we sow negativity. We sow unhappiness. We sow discouragement. We sow hostility. Really, we don't want that. We are asking that Jesus would live his life in us, that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit, that your will would be done, and we could sow into this world the character of Jesus. We thank you for your word. Let it take deep root in our heart and bear much fruit for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me. Looking forward to seeing you again next time. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.
You've been listening to It Is Written, presented by Pastor John Bradshaw. We hope you have been blessed and that your faith in God has been renewed. Join us again next week at the same time on this station for It Is Written with John Bradshaw. This program was produced by It Is Written, all rights reserved. It Is Written is a faith-based ministry. Thank you for your letters and continued support. For more information, please visit our website, itiswritten.com. 